guys, and welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. This is our quick down and dirty. Hey, usually you say I'm Laura. Oh yeah, I'm Laura. I'm Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Okay, continue. Okay, <laughs> this is our quick down and I'm trying to make it extra quick. I didn't even want to intro us this time. <laughs> You're like, hey, question one. <laughs> so, all right, fuckers, let's get into this. <laughs> This is our quick down and dirty episode, which you guys know. This is where we answer all your deep, dark and burning questions. But this one's going to be even quicker, downer and dirtier. Doesn't want to buy them. It's <laughs> not even true. I'm, I'm, guys, we're, we're like, okay, I'm, I said I wouldn't talk about baby talk anymore, but I lied because I'm going to do it right now. I'm 37 weeks. We have two weeks left. Let me talk about it and complain. I please. Think, I actually think when you're my two, human right. When you're two weeks away from giving birth, I feel like you have every right to complain as much as you want. So yesterday we had this massive day. Like I haven't finished work yet, but I'm gonna take off next week, which is like one week off before the baby's due. And you go crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna have a one week of maternity leave. Woo! But um I had a shoot yesterday for Tony May down at the National Park. We started super early in the morning and we shot all day until 7 p.m. And we were running up and down rock platforms all day. And by the end of it, I realized I was walking from side to side, but wasn't actually moving forward at all. Like imagine what? that I was like waddling side to side on this rock platform, trying to get forward. But like on a treadmill. Everything hurt so much that I was just moving on the spot. Well, because people that are 37 <laughs> weeks pregnant shouldn't be clocking up like five kilometers a day on their feet. I've just got an arm hanging out from between my legs. It's great. You're like, baby, stay in there. I've got to get the shot. <laughs> the, the pelvic floor. I mean, I sneeze and I pee myself, but now I'm like really clenching those pelvic floor muscles. So they just need it to stay in for another week at least. But guys, we are going to jump straight into it today. So I'm going to just kickstart with a question. We have, okay, before you kickstart with a question, I'm just going to preempt this. Do you know what? I just try and get on board with you and make it quick because you want it quick. And now you want to talk about something else. I wanted a quickie, but then I wanted a little <laughs> bit of foreplay as well. Yeah, you can't have it all. You get your foreplay or you get your well, quickie. You Which one is it? going dry. <laughs> oh, it's oh, like, oh, I don't want to be sore afterwards. No one wants to listen to that. <laughs> I was just going to say, we have picked out some, some questions for you today. And two of these questions are wedding related questions. And we thought maybe that's a bit too much, but then... We did read them again a couple of times and I was like, you know what, if you've ever been to a wedding or you've been invited to a wedding or you might go to a wedding next year, then both of these questions are going to be very relative to you. We just thought we may as well stick with the theme. Yeah, I like a good wedding question. So anyway, all right, hit me number one. Question number one. So for our wedding, we asked for money in our wishing well. Two of our really good friends did not give us a present or a card, which, you know, I'm fine with each to their own. But when it comes to their wedding, which we are invited to in the very near future, are we expected to contribute to their wishing well? This is a good question. Firstly, are you 100% sure that they didn't leave money in the wishing well? Because some people don't necessarily put it in a car. They just put it in an envelope. There's like some anonymous few hundred dollar notes that are flying around. Nah, no one gives money anymore without putting their name on it. Yeah, you, it was a bit enthusiastic, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like that's wishful thinking. If someone's got enough money to be like waving hundies around without attaching a name, like if, you, if I give $100 out, that person's got to know it's from me. The I, I mean, this is kind of like a golden rule with weddings. It's like however much it is per head – is what is the expected gift worth. So like Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So like if, I did not know that. And how are you supposed to know how much it is ahead? Well, I guess you kind of assume that like, you know, a hundred dollars to hundred and fifty dollars, depending on the type of wedding that it is, is like what they would be paying. So I think like I personally would say a hundred and fifty dollar gift, like cash gift per person, is like a kind, generous 
wedding gift. And I think if I'm going to go out on a Saturday night and have a big, you know, dinner and drinks night, it's probably going to cost me $150 anyway. So you've got unlimited drinks, you've got unlimited food. Like that's kind of you paying for yourself. And that's like the sentiment that goes behind the gift giving that they're not out of pocket at the end of day. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was a rule. Am I making this up now? Maybe this is a rule that I just made up for myself. It works really well, guys. At the bottom of Laura's invite, she's like, P.S. It's $150 (laughs) a head. If everyone could please provide the amount, pop it in the wishing well that will be on the entrance. Thank you very much for coming to my party. No, look, the way I think about this is, of course, there are no expectations. Of course, you don't have to bring a present. Of course, you don't have to give money. But there is this sort of unwritten expectation that you do do something because it is – it is wishing someone well and it's just it's just the done thing. Well, Having- it's also like a bit fucking rude to go to someone's wedding. Enjoy their hospitality, enjoy the party, have a great time, drink all you can, party on all night and then not give any not even a card yeah. to say thank you or we're wishing you well. It's just rude. I think the card thing is the bit that gets me because there are a lot of people financially that don't have the money to go throwing around. And if somebody came to my wedding and didn't have the money to buy me a gift or give me a card, I, from the bottom of my heart, can tell you I would not care. But I would still expect, I suppose, a card saying, you know, congratulations, best wishes, we love you so much. That's enough for me. However, maybe the idea is like by not leaving a card, maybe they won't notice. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if you don't leave a card, because like if you leave a card and there's nothing inside and it's just a card that says, we're wishing you so well, we love you, then maybe there's this thought that like, oh, well, then they will 100% know. They're going to know anyway, because what a bride and groom do after they get their wishing well is that they sit down with their guest list and they write down what each person has given so that they can write a thank you note so they know if nothing has been left. Like I think, you know, bride and grooms are pretty acutely aware if somebody has not left a present because there is a lot of organisation that goes into it. But there's more to it than that. It's just not that they're going to go through the list. It's that these are two of her best friends. Like there's no way this is slipping by them. But this is what I find interesting when I'm trying to think about it. For example, you and I are such good friends. I'm not getting you anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is if you got me nothing – I wouldn't care, but I also wouldn't be able to say to you, like, hey, I noticed you didn't bring me anything. But it would be weird. That's what I mean. Even though we're good enough friends, there's almost nothing that you and I can't say to each other, but I would leave that unsaid. I would be like, just, I'm just going to let that pretend it didn't happen. Going to let slide under the boat. That's not even an expression. Slide under the boat. (laughs) But also I think, look, there are maybe some external circumstances where it is okay. For example, like if you genuinely are going through financial hardship and you cannot contribute money or you cannot buy a gift, then like, like we said, a card is like the absolute bare minimum that you can do. A really sentimental card is something that I think you have to do if you're going to a wedding. Maybe it's an international wedding. This is, this is what I think the rules don't apply. Okay. If you've been invited to go overseas, to go to a wedding and it has cost you a freaking bomb, which some weddings do cost so much money to even just attend them, then I think that there can't be an expectation to come, do all this travel, put all this effort in and then pay even more money. I think in that instance, then there's a little bit of wiggle room here. But I think if it's just something that's relatively local or, you know, because you, you opt into a wedding, you don't have to go if you can't afford it. So I think that there is an expectation for some sort of gift. I agree. I think if you've gone internationally, then, you know, every all the rules are out the door. But to answer your specific question, which here is – do you now have to get them a gift when no. you go to the wedding? Well, no, you don't. But would I? Yes. I would still <laughs> give them a card and a 
put some money in it just because I'm not a tit for tat kind of person. I don't do something to get something back. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. And if you are doing something purely in hopes of someone will return that exact favor, then I think you're doing it for the wrong reason. But you're no. so nice. No, you clearly have never been to like a big Greek or Italian wedding I where it's Greek. like, okay, so like in, in, in like big Italian families, our families keep track of what other family members have given so that we can give the same amount back at the next wedding. Like it's like, that's a cultural thing. Like it's not the norm by any means. And I'm totally with you. I don't think that this is a time where you should necessarily feel like you need to do a tit for tat. However, if you chose not to give anything at that wedding, they can't say anything about it. No, like they don't have the right to be angry, like because they did the same to you at your wedding. But so also think- write the goddamn card. If you're giving them nothing, still give them a card because then you've got one up on them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my $7 Hallmark card. We leave the price on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is rude at the end of the day to go to a wedding and to not give anything. It just feels like you haven't put any time or energy into it. And I think in today's day and age with online shopping, with being organized, there is always opportunity to buy something that is not hugely expensive. If you cannot afford to put $150 cash in, go and buy a nice cheese platter, go and buy something that they can use for the house. It doesn't have to be something that costs you an arm and a leg, but something that's sentimental that shows that you've thought about this and that you care and didn't just rock up to get pissed at a party. I think is really important. And I think that for me as a friend, I'd be like, okay, I appreciate that you've gone to the effort because it truly is the thought that counts. And you know, Laura, and I feel like, you know, if I gave you a card with nothing in it, you would know that. I'd be like, Brittany's (laughs) been really spending her money on something. We need to talk. You know, you need to start hawking some product on Instagram (laughs) because something's going wrong. Go sell a kidney girl. (laughs) But you would know, you would know. And you wouldn't question it because you'd be like, okay, something's wrong with Brittany in her financial life. I'm not going to question it because there's no way I know as a friend that she would do that. And then you would leave it. The thing that gets me here is just the no card thing. Yeah. And I think that maybe also the sentiment is like, sometimes you go to a wedding and you forget the gift or you forget to bring the card. Do you though? No, like, I mean, there's definitely going to be times where you get there and like, you're like, oh, I'll do it later. Like, I'm sure that there are people who have good intentions and in their mind, they're like, oh, I'll give it to them the next time I see them. But if you do that and then you don't give it to them the next time you see them, you're just that dickhead that showed up at a wedding, didn't bring anything. Do you know what the funny thing is What that I'm thinking right now? If this girl listens to our podcast religiously and she's written in, chances are her two best friends listen to the podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, so go and get the card and slide it under a door. Maybe this is something that's going to be controversial. Maybe there's going to be people that totally disagree with this. I'm interested to put this one up on the Instagram and see what on the on Instagram. The, on the interweb. <laughs> to see what people say. But I, I want to poll on this. I want to see like what is a, what is like a considered amount of money? Like am I being too overzealous and thinking that $150 is normal? Is it $80? Is I, it $200? I don't know. I want to know what you guys think from a poll of what is an acceptable amount of money. Personally, I genuinely feel like my go-to for a wedding, I think $100 is fine. I think if it was like my best friend and I was in the bridal party, I would have done a lot more for them throughout the period. But I think that these day and age, $100 is completely acceptable. I don't think if anyone opened a card with $100 in it, they would say, oh, can you believe that? And they gave me $100. You think you make a really good point around like hens parties and stuff. Like if you are a part of the bridal party, that shit costs so much money. So much money. Like I cannot tell you like in the last couple of years how much money I have spent on hens parties on like, because, you know, hens parties often these days require going overseas or they require like a lavish weekend away or something. And 
it just racks up. So maybe in this instance, like if you've spent so much money on the hens party and you've spent so much money on other things leading up to the wedding, then that can all be taken into account as well. And I think if this is your, like for the person who's written this, this in, if you had a bougie AF hens party and your friends had to pay a lot of money to come to that, then I kind of don't really think that you should expect a big wedding present, but you can still expect a card. Yeah. Okay. I think we've covered this one. Yeah. Okay. Right. 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 Good thing that we're keeping this short and sharp today, people. <laughs> we always do. That's the, we get really passionate about it. About like literally the most nothing or the most most minute detail. Like but trivial. I'm sure that there's other people out there like feeling enraged by this. <laughs> when we get closer to Laura's wedding, we will do way more episodes on wedding stuff and getting ready and like the stresses of it. No, we'll, we won't. I'm so not a wedding we, person. No, but we'll I think do that's, one episode yeah. on like weddings. But okay, like fine. that'll be it. Yes, boss. Okay. <laughs> I'm already bossing you around regarding my wedding. <laughs> Question number two. What do you do when you really don't like your brother's girlfriend? He's 25 and she's 21. Usually I would just wait it out, but he's just got a job interstate and she's now following him there. Don't get me wrong. She's nice enough, but she's always so demanding and he's always doing something wrong in her eyes. Like he's not calling her enough or he's not being affectionate enough in public. She's always all over him talking about how intelligent she is compared to him and it drives me insane. She's even starting to demand things like a proposal. She takes it upon herself to point things out that she doesn't like about our family and I've caught her out a few times fabricating stories and embellishing truths to make herself seem better. She also has lots of chronic issues, mental and physical. In the big scheme of things, it's nothing major. She's just not the kind of person I want for my brother. What do I do? Do I say something or do I just butt out, let him work it out for himself? What are the rules when you don't like someone else in your family? Oh, you just sabotage it. Like you totally ruin that relationship until he breaks up with her. Go to town. Do you, do you think that you just like set, <laughs> set up that she's cheated on him? <laughs> okay, that's no. what not to do. Okay, I think you suck it up, girlfriend. Like this is his life. This is his relationship. If he's at a point, I mean, he's pretty young still. Like if he's at a point where he's settling for bad behavior he will probably wake up to it at some point and see it for what it is. But by you jumping in and by you giving your two cents, you're only going to drive a wedge between you and your brother, not between him and his girlfriend. I think that's the thing you need to be really careful about. Imagine if it was your boyfriend and your brother said to you, oh, I don't really like him for X, Y, Z reasons. If anything, I think that usually makes people dig their heels in more and and really galvanizes the couple more so than opening their eyes to what the other person in the relationship is doing wrong. Here's what I think. (laughs) I think you have to tread carefully with this one, but I think there is a way around it. It depends how close you are with your brother. You're obviously very protective of him. So I'm going to just like make an assumption that you were close enough that you would talk to each other. What you need to do is wait for the opportunity that they've had a fight or they're having a tiff or there's a bit of a problem. And if that opportunity arises and he's like, you know, things aren't great right now, that's your opportunity to say, yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but I've noticed a few things. Like, how do you feel when she does this? But that's your opportunity to start the conversation and maybe tread really gently as you enter the conversation. Because like Laura said, when you go in attacking someone that someone else loves, they're going to get on the back foot, they're going to get defensive and they're going to blame you and they're going to push away from you. But this also comes with some problems because you risk saying too much about not liking them and you risk them working out and getting back together and then everyone knows you don't like them. That was exactly what I was about to say. I was like, and this is like something that I've experienced with my ex-relationship that I spoke about. When we went through our breakup and then all my friends were like, yeah, we hate him. He doesn't treat you right. He's this, he's that. And then I got back with him 
Lol. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so my friends hate you. Then I got back um, with him for the 17th time. Yeah, then I got back with him literally for the sixth time that year. All it did was create a wedge between me and my friends. And it meant that I didn't feel comfortable telling them everything about my relationship because I knew how they felt about him and I knew that they didn't like him. And so it created a real rift. And look, eventually I ended up seeing that relationship for what it was. Eventually my eyes were open, but they were never going to be open until I was ready to see that for myself. I agree. I think that you do need to let them play it out for themselves, but I still do think that it's okay to say something when the opportunity arises and there is an opening. If he has said something about things not going well, you can jump in on that, but you don't go in saying, yeah, oh, she's a fucking mole. You don't <laughs> like, that's not how the way you approach it. You just say it really gently. Like I did notice there was some stuff going on. Like the other day I noticed she said this to you or did this. Like, are you okay with that? Or so you say it like you're caring and like, you've just noticed these things, but you can't go in, you can't drag him out of bed and be like, you need to get rid of that bitch. No, but you can also like, I mean, if you have seen that she's saying things that are not, not consistent with like or saying negative things about your family or whatever it is that you've seen her do firsthand that's made you feel uncomfortable you have absolutely right to say something to her as well like if she's embellishing stories or making up things or fabricating stuff like so long as it's if it's malicious if it's hurtful it's if it's harmful then you have every opportunity to call out that behavior but if it is harmless and she's maybe big noting herself because she wants you to like her or she wants to be seen to be better than what she is like maybe she has some insecurity issues and this is a reflection of her personality and we can see it from a different perspective because you know I think that there's definitely times when people are insecure don't feel good enough that they embellish who they are as a person because they want you to like them. For sure. And the family thing is a bit the only bit that gets me where I'm like, yes, you can say something or you can even ask him to say something. Anyone that came into my family and spoke about my family negatively, I would have something to say to 100% because that's very personal and very uncalled for and that's not the way you treat somebody that has welcomed you into their life. 100%. I mean, do we just agree? Do we just totally agree on this? No, we didn't because you were saying to tell him during a breakup. Okay, we didn't quite agree on this, but we're close enough. We're close enough. Yeah, let's go on to question number three. Okay, so this is the other wedding one. Uh, this is an interesting one as well. Okay, one of my closest friends from high school is having her hens and getting married this year. Now, here's the thing. While I still have a lot of love and I wish her well, we just don't hang out much these days. We don't talk a lot. I don't really know anyone going to the hens, which is a few hours from where I live, mind you. And the wedding is even further away. It's interstate. With the wedding, I'm not keen on traveling by myself. To then stay somewhere by myself and then attend the wedding by myself, it just doesn't feel right. To add to this, my partner and I have been together the last couple of years, but he's not even invited. Also, when he met this friend of mine, he didn't have the best experience and she was pretty rude to him. So he isn't even keen to come if he was invited. I honestly just feel stressed even having been invited, which is not how a wedding is supposed to make you feel. Help, what do I do? Do I go to the hens to be polite as it's more conveniently located to me, but then not go to the wedding? Or do I not go to both? I don't want to be an asshole, but I don't want to fork out hundreds of dollars for both occasions when I'm trying really hard this year to save money. And I feel like I would just be attending to be polite. Again, we're not even that close anymore. I love this question because I feel like this is something that so many people will experience at some point in their life. Like, you know, we all have those friends that we have fallen out of touch with who, of course, they want to keep like you want to keep that connection. You want to like be able to say, well, yeah, you're a really big part of my past. So I want you to be at my wedding because it would be weird for you to not be there. But I think that this 
has probably happened to so many people. Oh, all the time. I have a number of friends I can think of off the top of my head that have been like, oh, I have to go to this hens, but I don't want to. And I'm like, why are you going then? I just feel like I have to. That's, that's the response. I feel like I have to. But I think we get to a point, there are definitely people in your life that like you have to front up for always. Yeah, you have to front up for them if you want them to continue to be an active person in your life. That's the, that's the decision you have to make. But in this case, I think it's a big ask to ask anyone to travel interstate for a multitude of things where it's already going to cost you a fortune. What's behind the not inviting the partner? Is that because of COVID or is that because she just doesn't want to pay for your partner? Because I have this funny thing with inviting partners to a wedding. I think if you've been with someone for a long time, they should be invited. I would never invite half of a couple. If you were my really good friend, your partner is 100% invited unless it's COVID where they're like, can only have 20 people. I, I don't think that's a funny thing. I think that that's like a normal thing. I it think, is, right? Yeah, it's 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 weird. Even if you haven't spent that much time with your friend's partner, if you know that they have had a boyfriend for years and and you're really close with them and they're coming on their own, like they don't have like other friends in there to support them, then I think like, yeah, you invite it to partners. So I don't think every single person that you're inviting, you have to invite their partners. That's not what I think. Obviously, if you've never ever met them and they've only been together for six months or something, I think you're excused in inviting them when you know that they're coming with their group of friends, you know they'll be okay because ultimately you're the one paying $200 a head. All of a sudden you're paying thousands of dollars for people that you've never met just so that they can have their partner there. When someone's been together for years and you know that's it, you know that's them forever, you know they've got no other friendships, then like, yeah, dude, you've got to invite them. Like you're doing, I think you're doing the wrong thing unless it's obviously COVID restrictions. Totally. And it's one of those weird things, right, where you're like, you're like, I don't want to have someone in my wedding photos who is not going to be a part of your life in six months' time. My mum got married a couple of years ago to her partner who she'd been with for 13 years. And I fucking hate that my ex is in them. I hate that my ex is in those photos. I remember that because you made you weren't going to invite him, hey? I wasn't going to invite him. And he we, was we hung were, over that day. He was, okay. He almost missed the wedding. He'd gone out on an absolute bender the night before. I rocked up at his house to come get him for my mum's wedding. And he was passed out. I had to get the lobby, the doorman, to come and open his apartment door to get him. And then I finally got him in a suit, dragged him down to Wollongong. And he was the reason I was late for my mum's own, like my mother's wedding. I cannot even tell you how mad it makes me. And then I got back with him the and next day. <laughs> and, then I got, and then we dated for another five months. But- at the time, our relationship was super volatile and I was like, I really wanted it to work out. But now I look back on those photos of my mum's wedding and I have deleted every single photo of him because he's not someone who I want to be reminded of. He's not someone who I want to ever have real memories of. But now he's in the most important photos of your mum's existence. I but I cannot delete those photos. So there are still photos in my phone and in my album that he's in. And, and I hate that I have that memory with him. So I think like, you know, that's a very extreme example. And clearly I have some trauma that I need to get over (laughs) myself. But I think it's okay as a bride and groom to not invite partners if, if you've been with that person for a short period of time. And I think it's actually really rude if someone has invited you to their wedding and you've only been dating your boyfriend for a short period of time, I think it's rude to reach out to the bride and groom and say, hey, can I bring my boyfriend? You've never met him. I've only been with him for six months, but can you bring? Can I bring him? Yeah, because that's hard on the bride and groom then to have that conversation back and say, well, no. Totally. And it also means that like, you know, they probably have a, a limitation on numbers. And if you have a partner, like 
it doesn't mean that they're instantly entitled to come to every single wedding. I think that there are some external circumstances to this, especially in 2021 where there's COVID restrictions, there's number limitations and all that shit has to be taken into account. I have a question. Yes. I'm going to put you on the spot. Your boyfriend can come to my wedding, Brittany. It's fine. Can I'll I bring a plus him. one? <laughs> Everybody because Brittany has boyfriends. It's so funny that you knew what I was going to ask. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if I'll have a boyfriend then, but oh, I'm just saying if I do, can I bring woman, a plus one? Please, you should see this girl. She's glowing, glowing. That's not from what you think. <laughs> no, I know. From the multiple orgasms. Um, no, but also we haven't even answered this poor girl's question yet. The actual question was no. I, I literally have forgotten what the question is. Yeah, because we did that thing where we pick one thing and go on and rant. The actual question was, do you have to go to either of these? And the answer is no. You, We're at a wow, stage. Wow, we really took that to a different place. <laughs> I know, I know. We did that thing where we went real off course. But the ultimate answer is no. Like you're at a point where obviously you're not best friends with her. As adults, we don't have to do anything we don't want to do anymore. And if you don't think the friendship is going to be that worthwhile and that strong in the future – then I don't think you have to go, especially it's interstate, it's COVID, there are restrictions, there's financial issues, there are a lot going on. There's actually a lot of ways for you to say that you cannot attend the wedding. I 100% agree with you, Britt. I think that like Marie Kondo the shit out of your life, guys. If there is ever something that you don't want to do and, and you feel anxious by the thought of being made to do it, then that's your answer. Like, do not do that. And if you've taken the time to write into ask to ask us if you have to go to your friend's wedding, then the answer is no. You don't no, have to go because you're, you're obviously worked up about it. You're stressed about it. You're anxious about it. And you know what? Fuck, 2020 was stressful enough. You don't need that. And, and like life is so short and so limited. Time is really precious. Like you need to prioritize the things that are important to you. And even if that means disappointing someone else, I think the most important thing here to actually answer the question at hand is have a think how will your life feel and will you be okay if that person is not your friend in the next five years or 10 years time? Or do you think they're probably not going to be your friend in five years, 10 years time anyway, because you've already drifted apart so much that you don't need them or want them necessarily in your life in the same capacity that you had them in your life when you were at school or when you were growing up. That will be your answer. That doesn't make you a bad person because your life has moved on and you're at a different point in time. But you will not feel great about yourself if you spend money on something, you go to something by yourself and you feel obligated into doing something, which should be a really fun and beautiful celebration if you don't want to be there anyway. The hardest part of this is the reason that you give to say no. That is probably the most stressful part is because you do have to write to her and say, sorry, I can't attend. Now, I was reading something recently and we're actually going to do an episode on it down the track, but I was reading about how to say no to people the thing is, you don't even have to give them an excuse. You don't have to go down that track. You can literally write to them and say, thank you so much for the invite. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to attend. I wish you guys so much happiness for this year and I hope it's the most amazing day. That's what you need to do. You don't have to, don't make up a lie. Don't go into depth of, of why you can't come. You keep it really nice and sweet. You put it in the middle. You don't give them any leeway. If they come back and ask you why, obviously you're going to have to come up with something or think of something. But that is actually the advice that professionals give when you want to say no. You just say no. You don't have to feel the guilt. You don't have to make something up. It's you just deliver it in a really nice way and you don't leave any opening for them to come and question it. You know what? A perfect example of this was um, when I had Molly May's baby shower, right? We did a big, ridiculous, like very ostentatious, super obnoxious. I hate myself for it. It was like a 
balloon frenzy baby shower. It was very not you. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like it was very Instagram. And at the end of the day, I was like, I feel dirty. I wish we hadn't done that. I didn't even get to speak to my actual friends. I was like, it was not, this is not how I want to celebrate my child. I had a ridiculously big baby shower and I invited all of my best friends and all of my close friends and probably some people who I don't really know. Um, one of my closest friends, Heather, messaged me and she lives in the Central Coast. And she was like, I I can't come. And she was like, I, I'm, you know, she's like, I want to be really transparent with you. I love you. I'm really excited about the fact that you're pregnant. I can't wait to meet this baby, but I don't want to drive down from Central Coast to be at a big, big baby shower where I know I'm not going to get to speak to you or see you or really even have any time with you to then have to drive back to the Central Coast and feel like I've put all this time and energy into something where we didn't even get to spend time together. She was like, I would much rather come down the next day for us to go out for lunch and for us to properly see each other. She said that to me. I thought about it and I was like, am I offended by this? And I was like, no, I'm not. I was so appreciative that she was honest and that she kind of was living her truth and she was being very authentically her. And I was like, that is exactly what I would expect from Heather. I would have hated for her to come down because she felt obligated to and then spent 15 minutes chatting to me and had to stand around making small talk to people who she didn't know. I also get the fact though, I like now that I'm thinking about it, imagine though if every single person did that, no one would come and you wouldn't have a baby shower. But it would never be the case, right? Because, you know, you're always going to have people who are enthusiastic or who are um, close by and available. Yeah, and the extra extroverts and they're you know they're already a part of your integral close group of friends so they have friends there I think it's a bigger ask when it's one person who's an outlier who doesn't necessarily know all the rest of their friends and they're rocking up to an event by themselves like it's a big ask to expect someone to make small talk for an entire night or an entire day just to be there to celebrate something with you when you're not even going to get to see them yeah for sure so ultimately don't go don't yeah (laughs) well that was a big like I'm glad that we agreed a big roundabout way we answered lots of questions in that question that was very much unrelated to the question but still interesting but yeah look we're at a we're at a stage in life guys especially when you hit your 30s where time is so precious and you really do need to just Marie Kondo the shit out of your life and you don't say yes to things that don't spark joy I'm still trying to think of my reason why I can't go to your wedding Bitch, please. Guys. You'll be there front and centre. You'll be like, I'll be saying a speech at the wedding. I'll be the MC. I will be podcasting. I will be <laughs> recording the, the event. event. <laughs> Guys, that is it from us today. It was, well, it was supposed to be short and sharp and sweet, but it actually wasn't that short, sharp and sweet. Yeah, it was a little bit short and sharper than normal. Please keep your questions coming in. Send them into the Instagram on the Instaweb, which is at Life Uncut Podcast. Slide into the DMs at the top, put Ask Uncut. Also, don't forget to send us your accidentally unfiltered or you can't believe they said that or any other funny weird and wonderful story that may be happening to you you can also join on the facebook on the interweb also podcast um we've got a great facebook group guys if you haven't already joined it it is a wonderful group of like-minded women and men i also love how many men have come out of the woodwork you guys are flourishing on there you're really finding your feet (laughs) (laughs) anyway guys you know the drill share the love no that was not it you know the drill tell your mom tell your dad tell your dog tell your sister tell your cousin I don't know, just tell everyone. And share the love. Because we love love love. (laughs) them!